Hey guys, thanks for watching Ike Live. It's brought to you by Mystery Tackle Box. Please check them out. They've got a great product. Go to mysterytacklebox.com. If you use the coupon code Ike Live, you get 50% off Sweet. your first pro box. That's $12.50 <laughs> for a almost $50 value of baits in this box. Thanks for hanging in there with us. Uh, we were recapping, Pete, the first segment of the show, Thanksgiving. Okay. Some interesting uh, things from mm -hmm. you at home to Florida to Grand Cayman to North Jersey and Gettysburg, everything in between. Very, very interesting Thanksgiving. I, I got I to gotta say I was a little pissed at Becky. You were? Over Thanksgiving. Okay. Because I called her, and um, and we were playing phone tag, and I finally got her. And I hear I hear heavy wind in the phone. And it, and I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm like, wow, well, she's... She's probably out, you know, out of the office trying to handle some things, and she, she had to take a call outdoors. Right. And then she then she tells me she's a Grand Cayman. I didn't realize. <laughs> uh, I was like, this this is unacceptable. It's yeah. unacceptable. <laughs> Especially on Thanksgiving week. Yeah. Doesn't make any sense. Um, thanks for hanging with us. We are going to get to the meat of the show right now. And this show, we're going to be talking grassroots fishing. We're going to be talking club fishing. Uh, and I know you're proud of it. I'm proud of being from a club here in New Jersey. I think my start, really, if I pinpoint it, is because I joined a club Definitely in New Jersey. And we've, yeah, we've got with us, Pete. I'm, I'm happy to have these guys in here. In my opinion, for sure, the biggest club, most organized, um, successful club in New Jersey. But I might go one step further and say on, on, on the Northeast and all of the Northeast, one of the biggest clubs around. We've got three guys, amazing guys from, Five Alive Bassmasters join us tonight on the casting couch. How you doing, guys? <laughs> good, good, good. Can we go? I know we're one mic short, but let's go and let everybody know who you are. Let's start over here. Dave? Tim Daffick. Tim? Tom Fariello. Tom, it's good to have you guys in the house tonight. Uh, I, I, I want to start from the beginning. We've told the Top Rod story a lot of times, but I want to hear it from you. How did this Five Alive start? How did this club start? Was it... A single thought by one of you guys? Was it something you guys came into? Where was the beginning of this club? Well, D Dave was the founder of the club um, before I was even in it. They, they started as another club, and things weren't kind of exactly what he envisioned. Right. And he took off and, and launched Five Live. It was 2003. Um, it's 2003. When I joined the club in 2005. When I came into the club, there was not a single glass boat in the club. It was like you guys started out, small crawl dads, yeah. small lakes. Yeah. And uh, I think he was also the one that started when we got into glass boats. He bought a glass boat, and the next boy would go to the glass boat, and another, and another, and another. Yeah. And it just kind of snowballed, and we've kind of grown year by year by year. Um, the last couple of years, uh, we used to do a cool thing, like when we sat down and make our schedule every year. We'd make the whole club, we'd sit down, we'd make a schedule, and we'd go through every lake in New Jersey. Can we go here? Can we go there? Can we, you know. But now we got to the point we got 70 plus members. We got 45 Whoa, guys showing, showing up at every tournament, yeah. and now it's like, where can we go? Because we're in New Jersey, we're limited, yeah. you know. So we we rely on the Madison Reservoir and, and going to the Delaware River and uh, the places that can can sustain us and yeah. where we can you know launch a bigger tournament. Dude, that's crazy. 70 guys. I yeah. mean, I I can tell you, Top Rod Bassmasters in the beginning. Very humbling beginning with six guys, Pete. Yep. Take us back to Garden State Bassmasters. What, what, we were what a bigger was... club. Okay. You know, not that we weren't that big, but I, I bet you we were probably thirty to fifty members. Okay, that's good. That's it, strong. It, it was it was a really big club, and it seemed like 
the the clubs uh, because of the way that the federation scores points and allows people to participate in the uh, divisional tournament. A lot of clubs would were like Top Rod, where they were six man clubs. Right. Right. Where everybody in the club would qualify for the state championship tournament, and clubs like ours and yours, um, some guys kind of broke away from those because you had to beat sixty other guys. Exactly. You know, to get on your state team. But I loved being part of a big club. You yeah. know, I mean, we the social component of it was amazing. Uh, I learned so much. You know, and uh, you know, it, it was it was awesome. But here, what I'm, you know, what's happening in in the club? Like we had the federation got fractured. A lot of the clubs started to dissipate. Yes. Yeah. You know, I, and and you guys are doing so good. I, I'm mm. I'm so excited to just, to see what you're doing and how yeah. you're doing it. Yeah, we we are at a time now where. You know, instead of making something big, guys are just breaking apart and starting their own instead of just trying to build things up. And that's what we put a lot of thought. Our core guys, you know, Dave, our tournament directors, Richard Crone guys, we're, we're, we're constantly talking about what we could do to better ourselves, what we could do to make it bigger and, and to be the best. And, and, and that's what we, we strive to do. Um, you know, we, we created a lot of things where, you know, because we, we would see guys in the beginning of the year, 30 guys would start out in the beginning of the year. By the end of the year, 12 are showing up. And, you know, so now we created the Classic, and making the Classic is a big thing. Just like, you know, that that was your main event all the time, yeah. getting to the Classic. That's our main event. When you sign up for Five Live Bass Masters, you want to make our Classic. So now you got guys the entire year trying to th- strive to make that event. And uh, this this last year, what we did was, even that, you know, you'd get three-quarters of the way, and guys would be like, I'm eliminated, and they would stop showing up. So now we created a wild card event, which is anyone that showed up all year, they get a last chance to get into it now, so we, so we created another to avenue motivated. Yeah. to keep guys motivated all year because you know by the end of the summer you want to go on family vacation, you want to do this, or you got to do that, and yeah. guys kind of fall out and they they stop showing up. Yeah. So I I tell you, Pete, I want to talk a little bit about. I think you know <laughs> what I want to talk about is the a club level, grassroots level serves so many functions for so many different people. I want to hear from you first. Why did you join a club, right? You you were you were a young man. What what were you looking for out of joining your first club? Well, when I joined the club, I had really no aspirations of being pro at the time. You yeah. know, I, I just was discovering the sport. Yeah. And I just it was a bunch of like-minded people. Yeah. You know that I where I could I could just go fishing. I could learn from them. You know, and and do that kind of stuff. But as I you know as as I got became part of the club. I, I thought it was amazing how we did things like uh, we did youth activities, uh, we did things for the community, we did cleanups, and it made you feel good. I mean, you're part of something. You're doing something, taking care of this natural resource that we love so much. So as I as I became more active in the club, I you know it it, it was it was a lot more than just fishing for me. Right. You know, as yeah. I expanded. How about you guys? Are are you uh? Do you involve yourself with other projects other than tournaments, or what are you guys doing? Not so much, really, as far as, like, we haven't really dove into charity events and everything else because it, we do get involved with doing them and fishing them, but we haven't really gotten too much into running our own events. We we, do, we have, uh, over the years, like, we had some members that passed away and stuff, so so we did stuff, you know, geared to that, and, and we kicked into their charities and stuff that was set up that way. So we did charity uh opens and stuff like that but we haven't gone as far as doing derbies and stuff like that um we haven't right. gone that way yet well I, I think it's key i know you know um i think it's real important we hired a uh, or brought on because we don't have that much money yet 
the uh, a, a environmental director for Bass University. And, uh, you know, I just think it's important for all of us as anglers to be participants in that sort of thing. Yeah. So with yeah. a club of your 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 size, man, yeah. you could have monster impact. Yes, yes. Yeah, where, where are you guys located at? Um, we, we meet out of, uh, in Millstone, right, Jackson Millstone area. Um, South Jersey. Yeah. C- Central, Central, really. Yeah. Central. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. We're, we're pretty much dead center state. So we get guys pretty much across the whole state, Jonah. We got guys coming from North Jersey, guys from way down in South Jersey. We got kind of, we've, we've kind of brought guys in from all over the place. And our schedule kind of now isn't just dialed into Central Jersey because there's really nowhere to fish there. So we kind of got a little bit, little bit of everything now. Yeah. Right. So. Got to, got to travel a little bit. Are yeah. you are you guys affiliated with Bass? We are affiliated with Bass, yeah. So okay. you know, we we we're the Bass Nation. So okay. a handful of our guys, um, Luke Schrader from our club just just came back from fishing nationals with with Bass. So we've had several guys from our club advance and fish natural nationals and be within a fish of getting through to the classic. So oh, wow. we've had a lot of guys in our club be successful at not only Bass but a lot of bigger level tournaments as well. We so. have one of those guys in in this room that that did that too. <laughs> Bill Taylor? <laughs> how did you qualify for your national? How how did how did that go? Yeah, so I, I we fished for Top Rod Bassmasters and we were affiliated with the Bass Federation, which is the Bass Nation now. Um and then Brian Carpenter, I I'm gonna, maybe I'll, I'll call him to the plate. I think we were a federation affiliated for maybe two or three, three or four years, and then something happened. And we got to the point where we just said, "Ah, screw it. We're not, we're not gonna keep paying, you know, bass to." Because at the time we all had crawl dads, right? So it was like, <laughs> it was sort of a different thing. Mm-hmm. And then I had to join another club that was federation affiliated to be able to still have that like access to the the tournaments, the qualifications. And stuff, the qualifications. So yeah. I joined a, a club that was right down the road here. Called Excalibur Bassmasters. I don't know if you remember. Vaguely remember. Yeah, Excalibur yeah. Bassmasters. So I was moonlighting at Excalibur Bassmasters and still fishing top rod mm-hmm. at the same time. It's kind of complicated, you know. But yeah. uh, but I, you know, I, I was mentioning the club level serving different purposes. And for me, and and I do, I want to call Brian and Dave to the plate on this too. For me, the club level served to learn. Uh, Learn stuff that I couldn't learn at the time. Yeah. You know, you got to remember that was a different time. You talk about the '90s, right? Early '90s through mid '90s, there was no internet. You know, there was VHS cassettes. The shows on TV sucked. Reading Bassmasters cover to cover. Yeah, and so you know, like a learning curve felt like I, I felt like I hit a wall. And the club for us was an outlet to be able to learn from each other. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, and a big thing for us was Top Rod was built on that, right? So we'd have two events a month, and then at the next meeting, we would discuss how the guys caught them. You always had a few guys sort of holding back, but for the most part, you got to say, you know, look, we were on Wilson Lake, and here's what I did. What did you do? Here's what this guy did. The guy that won did this. The guy that came in second, maybe he ran up the creek. The one guy fished down, and you got to see patterns develop and you got to see things that you didn't do that worked and you know the other thing was it was um it was a training ground right it was a training ground because the tournaments that you hold and by the way i fished a lot of your guys events over the years i love fishing your events it's a mini version of what you do at the highest level of competition right so 
It's not a big difference, man, whether you're fishing the Bassmaster Classic or a Five Alive event at Mirror Lake. It's it's the same, right? You know, you, yeah. you there's a weigh-in time. There's culling. You're only allowed five fish at a time. You have to make decisions. I mean, all that stuff for me, those early years training of club ground. fishing, was yeah. training ground for mm-hmm. me. Uh, so important. When I look back on it, you know, it, it's like if you take that away, everything else falls apart, you know? Mm-hmm. It was so important in the beginning. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Definitely for me it was no, that way. No, no, look at the back. Look at the back. Look at the, all the concerned faces. I know. I know. Are we, are we, we, we're broadcasting to five people now <laughs> on uh, IkeLive.com. <laughs> yeah, we're on YouTube. Um, and I think we're on oh, Facebook. Cool. Yeah, you should probably share it for, through your Facebook. I don't think you ever did that tonight. I did it. Oh, did you? Well... I wanted to get you guys in conversation, but I guess that's not going to happen. Yeah, why don't you give us a minute? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, you guys are so big, a 70-man club. Because when I remember, I remember a big difference for me. Because I went from Garden State Bassmasters, which was big, 30 to 50 guys year to year. And then I went over to Clearwater Bassmasters with Schneiderite. Yeah. And that was a six-man club, right? And... um I remember the 30-man club, it was tough to get the goods sometimes, you know. Guys would keep secrets. They wouldn't want to They they would, wouldn't want to share as much. How is your club with that? Do you got that too? Guys are, are you... definitely always trying to yeah. figure out what you're doing. But yeah. for the most part, guys are pretty open. Some guys obviously are more, op- more open about things than others. But, you know, the guys that are new and are just joining, they're like, they think there's all these big secrets. But... Especially New Jersey fishing, you know. Yeah. Tommy throws the same worm every time he goes fishing. <laughs> it's like, you, you think it's a secret, but he comes out and he wins tournament after tournament. Can we, do, well, do we, can we know the name that? of that yeah. worm? Yeah, that's it, is, it is a Berkeley worm. So. It is a Berkeley worm. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Berkeley power worm, four-inch curl tail. Yeah. Wow. Motor old, oil. Old school he, he, Motor he, oil and blue flag. Damn. What's that, like the ringworm? No, no, just a regular, regular four-inch power regular. worm as a curl yeah. tail in the bottom. He, no. he took Brian shot. He took Brian to school at the reservoir. <laughs> wow, <laughs> yeah. no doubt, no it's doubt. Crazy, yeah. <laughs> old school. Brian, do you want to say something? Yeah, go ahead and include me in the conversation you wanted to include me in earlier. But I, I forget already. So, <laughs> 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 all right, cool. I'm just trying to catch up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I don't know for whatever reason the wirecast just suddenly crashed, and we're just trying to get the streams back up to all the different sites. So, oh, okay. I don't know. I'm uh, pretty sure we're on YouTube, but uh, not on the website. Okay. Anyhow. Nice. Yeah, so club fishing's cool. Yep. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Computers suck. <laughs> Should we use Dixie cups with a string? It, it, might, it uh, might be effective. Might so did we talk about the early days of Top Rod and, and our mindset behind getting get it, starting a club? Did we get into all that? <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> I'm going to get a beer. <laughs> Oh, Lord. <laughs> well, I, I will tell you. <laughs> when, when I, when I fished, when I made the change over to the six man club, <laughs> and I fished, I fished with a guy named Rich Snyderate. You guys know Rich? Yeah. Yep. Rich A. Rich is a killer. I mean, he's, he's won, I don't know how many federation tournaments, yeah, probably 30 or 40 or more. You know, he's made, yeah, I fished with him. Yeah, he's, been, he's been to the national a couple times, and I was, you know, um, th- this, this is what happened to me. I joined Garden State Bassmaster, the president of Garden State. Uh, we were fishing a derby on the river. What was that guy's name? Uh, Bob 
Oh, Bob. I'm going to say it in a second. Uh, he's no longer with us. Uh, but I, I drew out him. He's the president of our club at the time, and and he asked me what I'm studying in school, and I'm like, I'm, I'm studying, you know, engineering, environmental engineering. Yeah. And, uh, I, I, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. But, I, man, his name, I, I'm going to get it before the end of the show. But um, but anyway, he said, you know, Richie Snyderwright is in the environmental field. So yeah. here I am in college, maybe a sophomore or junior, and president of my club goes yeah. out of his way to go over to Snyderwright and say, introduce me to him. Yeah. And uh, I wound up getting a summertime job with Rich. Wow. You know, which was huge for me because, you know, I... I was broke in college. I couldn't afford crankbaits, you know. And uh, and now I'm fishing with, you know, arguably the best amateur angler in the state or the Northeast. Yeah, and, for sure, um, one of them. Yeah. And working with him, talking fishing. And uh, and then, you know, he wound up inviting me to join his club. And I spent uh, I spent about four or five years as a non-boater in college. And then that once I graduated, fishing out of the back of Rich's boat. And you want to talk about... A learning experience yeah. because I was a co-angler uh, or non-boater we used to call them back then and 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 we would go out and it's the most amazing thing we would go out of practice and catch nothing I mean no fish and Rich would win the tournament <laughs> and how it's exactly I'm like how yeah. how how is that possible yeah, how's that how's that possible and and you know what what then we would drive home from the tournament and he would tell me exactly how it transpired how yeah. how he you know, use that practice of catching nothing. Yeah. Uh, to, to eliminate. To eliminate, to develop a pattern. Yeah. And then once he got a, a, a piece of information during the tournament, he was able to turn that into a win. And and I learned, you know, the developing pattern strategy. Yeah. Rich is doing this all along. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, you know, uh, that was, it was monumental because I was a pretty good angler. If you put me in the club, like I have the Mr. Bass jacket, so I, was, I won it one year, you know. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I was pretty good. If somebody could get me around the fish, yeah, I could catch them pretty good, you right. know. But I, I, I really didn't know how to find them, and and even take a shot at winning a federation event, which at the time our federation events were drawing a hundred boats. They're, they're drawing a lot of boats until yeah. the split, until yeah. FLW yeah. and Bass <clears throat> separated. Dude, they were big draw tournaments. Huge. Man. And, and you'd have powerhouses like, remember, Tim Roach, uh, Mark Schaefer, all qualified for the Bassmasters yep. top level. We had um, Eddie Cowan. You know, Eddie Cowan, um, our, uh, Soley, yep. Bob Soley, all guys made classics. They were all fishing the fa- – it was tough, tough to win. And here Rich was going out amongst that group and winning. Yeah. And, and you know, it became tangible for me. Yeah. And, you know, it wasn't long after that I got my boat, and then I was able to win on the federation level and um and that's that's how i made it to the pros that's how i got the confidence yep. you know and it all it all happened through the clubs through the relationships yeah you know i owe all that stuff to the federation can i ask you a question so what was the jerk off's name that took the keys out of the ignition <laughs> of my boat on the delaware river when i was running back in the way in I I, what was that I, name? I object to your premise of the question. <laughs> Bob, he fished for that club that you you, you fished for. Yeah, um, he fished for Garden State. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, that guy was a jerk off. He's a <laughs> strong personality. For oh Clements, my God, Bushevitz. Bushevitz. Tom Shribich. Tom Bushevitz. If you're still Tom alive, Shribich. you're a jerk off. <laughs> <laughs> hey Tom, 
Whoa, what just happened? <laughs> hey, should I cut the feed? No, no, he pulled the keys out of my ignition running back. Oh, that guy. Yeah, yeah. that guy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm with you. He's a jerk Yeah, uh, well, I, 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 Tom, Tom's a strong, great fisherman. I, I fished out of the back of his boat in, in buddy tournaments for about two years. Yeah. I learned a tremendous amount from Tom. Tom was, uh, he fished, sh- he was like, uh, the guy that taught me how to fish shallow and how not to be, like, it wasn't as, the things that I thought were important wasn't as important. Cause you know that guy. He's like a train wreck, man. He, he makes so much noise moving around and just, you yeah. know, he would pull into the shallow docks on Lake Apacon and put the troll motor down. Everything was in the mud. The motors would drag as the boat would stop. He'd stomp up there making all this racket and skip the bait in like two inches of water and pull four pounder out from under yeah. a dock. Just that nobody would go shallow enough or even think that there could be any fish in that mud yeah. hole. So, you know, he was a, he was a really good angler. And um, you know, you and him didn't didn't see eye to eye. No, no, no. I I, I remember it's like it was yesterday, man. You know, I I I've, I don't know if I talked to him about this story, but I I'm sure he has a perspective on it. Well, I'm sure he does. What is your perspective? What oh my my day? perspective, he was old grumpy fuck. You well, know, and aside and, from that, well, I mean, when when you know back, you got to remember back in in those days, there were events where you had to flip, and for whatever reason. In that event, he was a boater, but he was he got drawn with me, and I don't remember why why that happened, but he was stuck on with me, um, and you know I I was on fish. I had enough fish in that tournament. That was a to Delaware either, River. It was what? Delaware River, and I caught I actually caught him out of Woodbury Creek way oh, back wow. then, and all these years later I, it's still producing. But um, I had enough fish in that tournament to either either win or come in first or second. I can't remember, uh, and because of you know. W- all that that happened, he he made us late. Yeah. Oh, I I bumped all the way down to you know I still ended up in the top yeah. ten or something because it was such a tough tournament, you know. But it was it was crushing, you know. Yeah, it was crushing sure. at the time that because of je- really it was jealousy that he was he was doing that. You know what I mean? Fuck, I've been out fish too in the back of the boat. You ain't, I'm not gonna pull the guy's keys out on the drive back because of it. You know what I mean? So. You, you I remember know. you telling me that story. Oh yeah, the guy was the worst. Yeah, I remember that was. Oh god, that was a long time ago. Oh, I remember it was, that. It was yeah. horrific, man. <laughs> it Shout was out. horrific. Shout out to what's his name? Shout out to Tom Tribich. For Tribich, Rich. All right. I think he was objecting to the way the boat was being operated. Well, As I re- that, that's then he shouldn't have been. He shouldn't be out bass fishing. He should take up golf, you old fuck. And go get a canoe. <laughs> So, hey Mike, we got we got a good I am question for okay. the Five Alive guys. So, you guys all know, and I'm speaking to the Five Alive guys. The bass ranks in in small clubs, the numbers are struggling. Mike wants to know, how do you guys in an environment where everyone else is dying off? How do you guys thrive? Like, what do you what do you attribute well, that to? Great good question. question. Um, we kind of dove into it a little bit already before, but I mean, it starts with a great core group of guys. Um, when Dave started his club in 2003. We still have like the the core like ten fifteen guys that have been there the whole the whole way. They're there every year. They're a staple at every event. They never miss an event. Um, but uh, on top of that, I mean, we we've seen like you talked about a, thir- a thirty uh, thirty man club, um, and and we've seen a lot of other clubs grow and they get to that point where they got twenty five thirty clubs, and then everybody wants to go. Hey, let's go to Champlain and hey, we'll go here and hey, let's go there, and they kind of box themselves out because you. you not everybody can make that leap financially. And right. um, over the past, I mean, we're kind of at that point now. We, we almost have no choice but go, to go to the bigger waters. But 
you know, as president for the last like five years, I've been real nervous about making that transition as slow as possible because I've seen other clubs. Um, they were thriving, they were running, they were running, and all of a sudden when they made that leap, there was eight guys at their events, and we wanted to keep the core guys mm-hmm. in it every year. And yeah. you know, we built up a format. We built up our classic. Um, we, we offer a ten thousand dollar classic for for our. That's, for that's our incredible. Club. That's just unheard. Um, and it, that's incredible. It's, it is zero entry fee, and it, it's built up. That's over more the years. money than you win at a Bass Open. <laughs> Pretty sure, isn't it? Pretty you, much. You you got to be top three to get that. <laughs> that's what I'm yeah. saying. So, and, and that's a no entry fee event. So we, you know, that's we crazy. got guys, and every guy. So there's there was twelve got our top twelve make it, and a thirteenth from the wild card. Every guy goes home with a check, and you're not paying to fish it. Right. So you know that that's the big event where we we really try to get guys in or. You know, get them pumped up to fish that, get them pumped up to make it, you know. Yeah. At the beginning of the year, that's everyone's goal to make it, and, and we really, you know, get guys into it. Um, But we got a really great core group of guys that just love fishing. I mean, when we don't have a club event, we go fishing, at, you know, every Saturday and Sunday we're looking to go fishing event, whether, you know, just like you're jumping in at a local winter league, we're, we're always looking to do the same thing. We're just always get, trying to get out there and fish. Yep. Hey, Tim, I have a question. Yep. Is there a mandatory amount of events your guys have to fish in order to be eligible to fish the classic? Uh, not to fish the classic. You you could make it as long as you got enough points to qualify. You could make it to be wild card eligible. You got to fish ten out of out of thirteen. But uh, that that is a good question you asked because um, a lot of other clubs they they make things mandatory. They make meetings mandatory. They make this mandatory, and we we make it as easy as possible to be a member of our club. You pay the dues, you're in the club. You, we don't, we have guys every year. They'll, they'll give us a check, they'll join the club, and we'll never see them again. Right. And and, and there'll be like four or five of them every year. Member of the year, right there. Yeah. And then they'll come back, you know. But uh, yeah, there, there, there is no. You don't have to ever come to a meeting. You don't have to ever come to an event. You do as little or as much as you want. And we've been getting. You talked, touched on six man clubs, and I've been getting a lot of phone calls recently. To get into six man club now, it's like seventy five dollars just to join. So our dues are one hundred thirty five dollars for that extra sixty bucks. Now you can fish, even if you want to fish two of our events, the payout's great. we got 45, 50 guys fishing the event. It makes all the sense in the world to join our club and not just go with a six-man club. You still get to fish the nation. Right. And the, the nation doesn't, uh, they no longer limit it to, like, six guys from a club. Uh, about five, six years ago when they fished Champlain, we sent six uh, teams from our club to go fish the team tournament. Oh, wow. So there is no limitation. Yeah, see, and, that's the difference. That is yeah, yeah, and they, they kind of broke down their whole format with that, too. It's all about you can have a two-man team, a four-man team. They want as many guys as they can get right. at that event because that's a fundraiser for them. That yeah. That is paying their guys to go to the divisional and on to nationals. That's where they want as many guys as they can get at that yeah. event. So right. they're not going to nitpick the club down to six guys. Right. They're going to let you hmm. show that's up. With, it, that's interesting because back in the day, we cut it to six because it was so big. Yeah, and we couldn't. They didn't. We couldn't have a 500 man tournament on Lake Pacon or yeah. the Hudson River. You know what I mean? So they had to cut it down. Now you know they're looking to expand, so they're doing that. Yeah, that's that's great. Do you guys have meetings? We do. We do meet once a month. Um, it, they're really big early on the year. We start in January. We get a huge turnout for a sign up meeting, and uh, so January, February, March, we try to get vendors in. We get Bobby Erick from Mega Strike who sponsors our club. He comes in and he sells baits at a meeting, and we try to get guys in, uh, you know, to, to promote a product, sell products to the Bobby's club. Bobby's a hustler, man. Yeah, he does. He, he's, he's, he's a local everything. guy. He lives yeah. right up the street from us oh, in Jackson. We know Bobby. So yeah. yeah, but um, we we get guys in the door, and, and mostly local guys, Jersey guys, you know, that are starting a business, whatever. We had Riot Baits, and we, we've had different companies in the door. You know, 
and the guys like it. They're, they're looking to buy baits. It's wintertime. Nothing's going on. So our meetings are huge the first three months a year. Once we hit March and April and we're fishing nonstop, it, they start tapering down. And then by the summer, you got you got weeknight tournaments. You got the beer leagues going on. Nobody's yeah. coming to a meeting on a Thursday night in the summer. It's right. just, there's just a lot you know going on. But, yeah, real big in a year. And the end of the year, they start picking back up, and then we do an awesome. Ba- I always say our, our banquet alone is worth is worth the hundred thirty five dollars to join. It's this Saturday night's our banquet. You guys are more than welcome to come. But uh, yeah, we go, Pete. It, it, <laughs> it's, we it's should wear an, our club jackets. Yeah, no, it, it's rival a, colors. It's an awesome time. We, you know, it, you know, you don't pay to come. It's all you could eat, all you could drink. It's a great time. Oh, we're definitely one, going. <laughs> one of the guys in our club puts on a uh, him and his wife get together. They put on a giant Chinese auction. So we got all kinds of raffles going. On, cool. You know, so yeah. We, hey Tim, cool. Tim, at our very first Top Rod uh, banquet we had, Brian was coming stag. He was coming by himself, so Mike brought him a blow up doll and put a wedding dress on it. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. You guys remember that? Yeah, it was that Rexy's? One, but yeah, I remember it. Was that Rexy's? On yeah, it was the Rexy's. Yeah, Rexy's. Yeah, it might have been Rexy's. Yeah. Rexy's, man. Yeah. I missed, I missed that Tim, what's the typical format of, of your events that lead to your classic? Because uh, I know you guys have a lot of small boat guys. You have just as many, I guess, you know, big boat guys. So, like, what's the format? Okay, so, I mean, basically, um, I mean, we, we have we have 13 events throughout the course of the year, which a lot of people say it's a lot, but we love to fish. So, so, yeah. so it works for us. Yeah. I mean, the turnouts keep up all year, but... Um, we have ten tournaments that are just single day tournaments, and then we have we have three that, uh, that are mega bucks or two day events. Those are like when we go away because it, it doesn't make sense to go to Potomac River fish for one day and come back. Right. So so we made those all two day events. The entry fee comes up a little bit, but for the most part, most of our guys we have grown into like I would say ninety percent of the guys now have a bigger boat. We we had about eight to ten riders last year, and uh, I mean with any organization, guys come in as a rider. They either love it and they go buy a boat, or they kind of start to fizzle out. Um, but we did have riders. We uh, we added a rider pool this year because everybody fishes in one uh, pool. But we did add an additional rider pool. It's like a five dollar optional pool just to make it interesting. Yeah. You can finish twenty fifth place in the, in the tournament, but you could be the top rider and you and you, and you win a couple some bucks. Money. So yeah, that's smart. Just, the more people that go home with an envelope, the more people you know it, yeah. it keeps more people involved, and you know everybody likes to win some. So. <laughs> Man, do you guys have a website? We we do. Um, it's fivelivebassmasters.org. But I mean, like you guys say, Facebook is huge now. I, yeah. I mean, guys kept asking and asking for a website, but everybody goes on Facebook when when the information's right there in front of you. It, it's there all the time. Every time we have an event, Dave creates an event online, posts it up, invite everybody that's ever been to one of our events. Yeah. We'll invite you. Uh, you know, anybody that that fishes in New Jersey or anywhere, we we, we send out an invite to them and, and you'll see what we what we got going on. Dude, that's, that's funny how times have changed. Because I remember in Top Rod, like the way we'd get information out on our tournaments is literally like flyers. Yeah. Like we would do a flyer. We you still know? do that. Yeah. We'd mail them out and then we'd have we'd all at a meeting we'd all divvy it up. We'd be like, all right, you take fishing fur. You take yeah. uh Don Sky's place. You take you know, all the local little tackle stores, and we'd, we'd go there and leave. Hey, man, can we leave a stack of flyers here? Yep. And that's how we got word out back then. You know what I mean? It was crazy. I remember, there was no Internet. I know. I remember waiting for the tournament results to come in the mail. Wow. How about that? You yeah. know what I mean? You'd, yeah. you'd, you'd wow. fish. You knew where you finished in the tournament, but you didn't know how the points would all shake yeah. out. You know, well, so you, you had to wait like a week and a half. Yeah. And then you'd get it and unfold it, and there'd be all the standings. And that, now it's funny, up. we're not even home yet, and guys are already texting you, where are the results? Yeah. are not up yet. It's like, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. What a difference, man. Yeah. Do, you yeah. get, 
You go ahead, Pete. I was going to say, you know, you guys are doing such a great job. They, you, they can follow you on Facebook. What was it, Top Rod Bassmasters? Top Rod. Five Lot Bassmasters. <laughs> <laughs> Top Rod. Top Rod's we're still bring, alive. a boy, Pete. We're bringing, yeah, we're bringing them back. Yeah. We're bringing them back. But uh, the um, now I'm totally flustered. I can't even remember what I was going to ask. <laughs> the, uh, guy, clubs. You're Pete Glusek. <laughs> bitches. <laughs> Clubs want to know how to do what you guys are doing. They want, they need advice. They want to build their club. Um, do you have any advice for for clubs like that? Um, I mean, it's honest. You know, it, there's a few. You know, Dave, myself, we, uh, even we, uh, a guy, Joe Blaro, has been our secretary. We got core right. guys that are so voluntary to do the work, and, and that's where a lot of guys that's lack. Hard Nobody hard. wants to do put the work, put in the time. And do what needs to be done. Um, like e- email, we got guys sending out emails nonstop, reminders, keeping everybody involved all the time. And uh, another thing, though, I think that has helped because so many clubs they start to grow, and something happens, and it creates a wedge, and these five guys go together, mm-hmm. and they run off. And and we went through our bumps in the road like anyone else, but we try to be very proactive. If there's something that happens in a tournament, this guy they got along with this guy, I'll literally on my way home make a phone call to that guy, talk to the guy about what happened. Try to get to the bottom of it. Try to come to a peace resolution. And, and we had it between club guys, not you know. There's all kinds of stuff that happens on the war. Guys get upset and trying to nip that stuff in the butt before it snowballs and before these five guys now are going to start their own club. That that's what you want to eliminate. And, yeah. and, and and that's what happens a lot now in New Jersey. And it's a shame because even with buddy tournaments, it's so hard to get a good event because yeah. now there's 35 clubs and everybody has a five boat tournament going on instead of getting together and having a real nice event. It's just very diluted right now. Yeah, sure. Now, I, I, speaking of bumps in the road, I'm, I'm sitting here as we're talking. I'm checking some of the social feeds, and we've got one that came from Facebook, um, from MK, and it's a multi-part question from MK, and it, the first part is, where's Mike Kaminskis? Isn't Mike Kaminskis the reason Five Alive is around? Why isn't he on the show? <laughs> And the, and it's from MK, so, so I don't know. So that's probably from Mike Kaminsky. <laughs> you, you know Mike. Right? I know Mike. Yeah. Any 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 response to that? That's a good one. <laughs> Tommy, you want to get that one, Tom? Two chains. Yeah. Come on, uh, hop on in on it. <laughs> I think he's fished about three tournaments. Three tournaments. <laughs> yeah. He, he shows he oh, shows okay. up to the banquet. So he's still a member. Yes. He he okay. Is okay. He is still a But member. is it true that he start Five Alive? Was no. he the no. first original member? No. Okay. Okay. I love awesome. it. There's your answer, MK. <laughs> Whoever you are. How, how, how long till MK's blackballed? From Five Alive, <laughs> it, it's pretty hard to get blackballed, but there was there was a, there was a yeah, few, we, right, bro? Yeah, we had a, we had a guy. <laughs> oh, crazy! <laughs> oh, yeah. I might know that one. Yeah. <laughs> I might know that one. Uh, <laughs> he might be watching right now. I don't, I don't know what I should say or what I should. Now, I do want to take. Uh, you, you had the forty and slip, a top rod, and I do want to take credit for something right here. Dave Brozick, I'm going to remind you of this. Uh, top Rod was uh, one of the first clubs back in the day to hold a big money tournament. And Brian DeCarve, do you remember we worked out a deal with Canham County Parks on Cooper River? I think the first year we were in the 60s. The second year we were in the high 70s. And the third year. No, 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 no. No, this is a record. The third year. Oh, I thought it was the third year we did 98 boats. I thought it was the third year. It might have been the second year. Yeah. wasn't the first year. But 98 boats at the time 
for a public open tournament that, in South yeah. Jersey was unheard of. Uh, so I'm I'm proud of that. But I remember, dude, the bastard rigs that were showing up. Do you remember some of that? Do we get everything from 22 foot glass boats? To canoes, dude, with freaking coolers in them, and, I mean, pro- and we had protesters with rubber rafts banging yeah. oars into the oh, water. Oh yeah, that. the one year, the one year, I think that was the second or third year we had PETA show up. Yeah. Oh god, it was unbelievable, oh. man. Hooks hurt. Oh yeah, hooks hurt, <laughs> hooks hurt. But we saw it all in that tournament, man. We saw that was it all. a great event, man. Is that, is that still being operated? I think it is, right? Yeah, they had it. Le- so. Yeah, last year they had it. The same exact date as the Ike Foundation event on the Delaware. Didn't didn't Pete win the first one, or did you win the second one? I won one of them. I don't remember it. I, I don't. Rem- I think I might have won the one with the fish protesters. <laughs> <laughs> you may have. That may have been the second year. A, I think you won. We auctioned, we auctioned off a bass boat, or not auctioned off, but we tagged fish. We tagged and if you fish. Tagged fish. Yep, yeah, we had fish tagged, and if you caught that specific yeah. number. You would actually win a fully Did rigged bass Did anybody ever win? No one ever won. But we, yeah. we we held an insurance policy. Yeah, we had an insurance yeah. policy. Because there was the mm-hmm. potential that somebody could actually win it. Yeah, you know? we, we just got yeah. information. Top Rod's uh, not going to be having the Corporate Cooper tournament this year. Is that right? I don't know. It's what the guys are saying here. Wow. Miss, Mount, Mountie from Pimp. Mountie from Mountie Pimp. Pimp. Thank you for that update. Five Alive ought to take that over. I tell you what, the, the, the date, you guys always had it in July, and it was just such a great date. It didn't conflict with anything. Yeah. And it was yeah. just, you know, it, it was just a great event. Now, of course, I don't know, Cooper River is overrun uh, with, money, money with talks, scholars man. and yeah. there's money probably talks. problems yeah. there to, that you got to run into. Yeah. But it was a great date, a gr- an easy event. You guys did a great job with yeah. it. It was I a mean, cool event. It was. It was really good. Yeah. yeah. The Canham County Parks always used to mess with us, though, because they'd, they'd, either, they'd either pull the plug on the dam or they'd leave it high, and it would like it would never stay constant. You know, you'd go out there, and guys would pre-practice and be like, "Holy shit, I'm dialed, dude. I'm on this deal." And then they'd get the the, the launch the boats in the morning, the water had dropped like three feet, or the opposite, yeah. or it flooded. You know, and and it was always that always affected it. You it know? The, from the fishing perspective, not the best time to fish. No, it's tough, but yeah. that was fun too because yeah. it was a challenge. It was. You know, it was a seven fish limit. And you know if you caught five, you had a chance to win. Yeah, I remember know? when I won it, it was flooded. It was flooded. It was flooded because I remember it was cranking. I was using, you know, a, a wake-style bait yeah. and uh, over some flooded grass. Yeah. And that's, you know, we, we just jacked like five or six fish right away. Wow. On that pattern. And, How about uh, that? And then once once the water started coming down, that all went away. Right. But, and we, you know, eat that a limit. Yeah. But, uh, but I remember that they they definitely were jacking with the water. They always jack with the water. I never wanted to leave it alone, man. It's crazy. It was crazy. Uh, Pete, I, I I want you to give, go back and give me one moment in club fishing. You remember one thing? You look back at all your years in in your club days. Is there one moment or one thing that stands out as being super special for you? You know, um, super special. I I rem- well, here's the first thing that popped into my mind. Um, I remember because I fished trolling motor uh, boats like Mananico Ponds, Park, oh, yeah. all these places, Elmer. That's that's where I fished. That's how I learned how to fish. Joined the club, and the first uh, first partner I ever drew was Billy Schultz, and he had a Skeeter with like I think it was a 200, <laughs> and and I'm like I was scared to death. I never, man, I. I I, fastest I ever been was in a car at 50 miles an hour. You know what I mean? We're going. They're telling me this is the hottest 
boat on the whole club. He's going to, you know, he's a hot hot rod. I was scared yeah. to death. Oh, man. And I remember getting in his boat. We launched at Havre de Grace Marina. Yeah. Down on the flats. That was, yeah. That was the first tournament that I ever that I ever participated in, and in, in a real bat, a regular size bass. Boat. Yeah. And uh, I'm in a passenger seat, and I'm telling you, I'm white knuckled. We're idling through the marina. We're coming to the edge of the no wake zone, and I'm like, oh man, I'm just scared to death. <laughs> and uh, and he puts the hammer down, and I never felt that kind of power. You know. What yeah. I mean? Never felt the boat move like that, and. And we jumped up on pad, and we got up to about 20 miles an hour, and then he backed off, and he put the trolling motor down. Never started the outboard again. <laughs> <laughs> we, it was, so you fished right there on the back channel it, it was or a, something? No, it was a spring tournament. He went to the outside of the marina, and then we went, we trolled back, and we fished a marina the whole day. Uh, yeah. And we caught him. We, we caught yeah. him way back then, you know, springtime fish. How about that? Yeah, I remember. I Here's another. I, I can keep going. On the wall, you know where the gas pumps are? Yeah. Pete um, live at at de Grace. He's flipping, and I'm and I know what to do. And I'm I, I saw a yellow perch. I pick, picked a shad wrap, number five shad wrap, and yellow perch. And I put my first two keepers in a club. Wow! In the boat on a shad wrap on, on a little number five perch colored shad wrap. Wow! Wow! It's amazing. Let me let me turn That's it to I you remember. guys. Give me give me some iconic moments. I want to hear from all of you. Let's start with you. Two chains. What do we got? <laughs> I gotta say, winning the mega bucks. I always like. I like two-day tournaments. Two-day tournaments are my favorite. Yeah. Because they're the most money, and I'm consistent. I always catch fish. I'm like a single one-day tournament. <laughs> yeah. I have like 10, 12 pounds, but I can keep that and always win because most of these guys like him will have a good day, day and then suck. And then suck the next day. <laughs> right. All right. So. Two-day two Megabucks events. Do you have holes in the Megabucks events? Like. Where you, like the old style Megabucks where you? Fish? No, you don't. You don't no. have. No, no, you don't have. Four, okay. uh, yeah. Nope. Best tournament memory, huh? Best memory. It doesn't even have, and it doesn't even have to be the best I, memory. I like, bet you I know. Something you, crazy I I know. that happened. When when you got to penalize Brian Stockel two oh! times a couple weeks ago. Penalty. That was a good one. So. Late. <laughs> now nah, one of my favorite uh, events is one of our club classics down on, down on the flats, and it blew like crazy. I was, uh, you know, I got on fish far away, and. Uh, I was only on, like, two pounders, but it was enough at the time. They just weren't biting. It was 30, 40-mile-hour winds. And I had this uh, old-timer from our club, and uh, I'm like, you sure you want to go with me? I was like, it's not going to be a fun ride. And I made the run, and he's bouncing out of his seat the whole way. <laughs> and I pulled in, and I caught two two fish around two pounds right in a row. And my third fish of the day was a seven-pounder. Oh, was my God. And I was like, all right, I just got to get two more fish, and we're going back in. And wow. that's what we did. But that was one of my my best memories. In, in That's crazy. What did you weigh Seven that pounder. day? I had 17 pounds. I, I had uh, I caught one more good one about five, and then I had three Holy two pounders. Smokes. Yeah. But for the wow. flats, that's not a big weight. But at the time, everybody was pretty much coming in with 10 pounds at at best. Right. It was just it was just a fall. It wasn't fishing good. The wind, the whole place was torn up. Yeah. And uh, that fish caught me totally off guard. We we're wow. actually in a school. We were actually catching the two pounders mixed in with stripers. You're and, kidding me. Yeah, and we were catching schoolies, and every now and then I would just, I was catching them all on a perch-colored rattle trap, and uh, every now and then I would just hook into something, and my line would just start screaming, and it would almost straighten my hooks out. But then with that bass, it was just staying down. Was, I'm like, this is definitely a largemouth, and she came up, tried to jump. and I'm, That's uh, crazy. What time that. of the year was it? This is the end of October. Wow, fall yeah, bite. That's, that's very cool. Yeah. Very, very cool. You got, you got some waypoints for us? 
Yeah, oh, yeah. Pete, yeah. Pete needs the waypoints for that. <laughs> I'll tell you after. <laughs> Need to coordinate. Need to coordinate. Don't want to do it live. Give me a good memory. <laughs> Daffy. Shoot him the mic. No, we we can't hear you. Uh, can't hear me. Yeah. Uh, just fish went for my uh, son buddy tournaments and um, cashing for the first time. Cool, fish with your son. That's 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 cool. That's cool. To, you know the bring, and that's the other thing about the club too, is you get more of that family uh, mm-hmm. aspect oriented into it. I can remember Top Rod, uh, Brian DeCarpenter. In our days at Top Rod, we had several father and son uh, teams that were members of of the club. Uh, Kenny Huffman, Bert Huffman, two of the original Top Rod guys, father and son. Later on, uh, Dave Senior, Dave Batenowitz, and uh, Dave Junior Batenowitz, uh, father and son. So it's it's cool, you know. Yeah. You get that in the club when, level. When you bring it up, the family thing. I'm glad you brought that up. So so this year, this is the first time we did it. Our club guys got pretty close. We've been doing a lot of barbecues and stuff after our tournament. So. We decided to do a guy, girl, or father, son, whichever. I didn't want to put him on the spot, just just guy, girl. So we did fir- the first event this year. It was a guy, girl event, and we yeah. wound up having sixteen pe- sixteen teams fish the event, which is pretty That's good. Cool. Yeah. You can't even fun. get that at a buddy tournament any year. So yeah. we had father, son teams, husband, wives, and it was actually pretty cool. My wife never fished a tournament before. She came out fishing with me. I'm trying to control the trolling motor, and she had one leg on each side of the pedal the entire day. Didn't realize, like, that's how I'm controlling the boat. <laughs> she stood up on the front of the boat in front of me the entire day while I'm catching a couple of fish. So it, it was cool. We, that's we cool. Did it, and then we had a big awesome. barbecue afterwards. So it was, uh. And you won it. We did actually win, yeah. Did you have her just dragging a Senko or something? I, I taught her a drop shot with Tommy's favorite word. Yeah. And she held it all go. day. And, and Motorola blue fleck. Yeah. I did it again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it worked, so. I love it, man. The whole yeah. club throws that worm now. Yeah, except me. That's an interesting color, <laughs> no, though. You throw it. I remember the motor oil, but you're saying motor oil blue no, fleck. No, motor oil either is or. One oh, straight motor oil yeah. or blue fleck. Okay. Yep, those yeah. Are yeah, blue fleck and camo. When I was when I was yeah. young, were my two favorite worms ever. Blue fleck on a backhong, dude, was really? for years was the bomb. No kidding. Oh yeah. god. And then uh, I know the Potomac. It's famous. It's great on Potomac. Now. And then chartreuse tail on a black worm. Brian Carpenter? Hell yeah. <laughs> black black body, shartail, little That's tip it. of chartreuse. Dave, you were trying to track them down for years. eBay, you were hunting them down. Whatever happened? I got that? 200 count bags from a guy from California. You did? Yeah. The good ones with the translucent shartail. The the old school straight with the flat head. It was flat. Yeah, it was like a U, you know, yes. flat on the bottom with the shart. Yeah, I got, I got, I got, I got bags of them. I got that was bags. Bomb. Yeah, man. That was a bomb because then they, they altered it and it was never the same. Remember the tail was like... Like, it wasn't translucent. Yeah, juice. not just that. When Berkeley changed their power bait, they uh, did formula. Formula. The original formula was right. <laughs> the formula. tournament strength was booty. I, I remember. I remember being in in a club and how baits like that just blow through the club. Dominate it. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's like if somebody would have just picked up a little jig or something, they probably yeah. would have won everything. But the whole club gets bowled over by it. Not. Yeah. We had a guy in our in Garden State, and he threw. He was throwing a crankbait and he kept it secret as long as he could until uh, we kind of figured it out. And he he called it the Kmart. And if the you Kmart. remember, Kmart used to Kmart have, had a huge fishing section. They used to have a big fishing section. They had their they had their own brand crankbaits. Yeah. And this guy bought the the little bitty square bills. I, the, I don't know it was the one hundred. Uh, well, it was it turned out Bandit built them for Kmart. Ah. But it was just a Kmart brand, and he called it the Kmart. And he waxed us so bad on the Kmart 
crankbaits. Wow. I mean, we wiped Kmart's out in all of South Jersey. <laughs> you could not find I think that's that crankbait. I, I picked up the first Normans, the little yeah, baby, could or be. baby ends. Or, you know? or best. Best. So every, everybody, like you said, in those early club days had their little secrets. Mm-hmm. They Mine was the half-ounce rattleback with a full-size big claw, not not tipped down. <laughs> the big claw. Big Riverside. giant, yeah, Riverside big claw, man. That was my secret. Wow, wow. And and Brian, you chime in because we were having technical difficulties, but that was a cool part of Top Rod was that learning aspect. Yeah. You want to talk a little bit about yeah, that? Yeah, that's what I was kind of hitting around at earlier. When we started Top Rod, like, and I think you guys said it before, there was no, you know, no internet, no other no. way to share. So we started the club to learn, to make each other better. It was it, our our club motto was learn to be a better fisherman today. So it was the five or six or ten of us or whatever it was. We would get out there, we'd fish, we'd have our monthly meetings, and at those meetings, the top two or three guys would talk about their day out there, and then we would all talk about openly discuss how we caught them, how we didn't catch them, what we did. And in that manner, we're all able to sit there and do the math. Okay, this day with those conditions, this worked, this worked, yeah. this didn't, that didn't. Start to and see now patterns you figure out how to learn yeah. how to fish. Yeah. And that, so that's what we did. So in the beginning, it wasn't so much about angler of the year and, and, and classic. Obviously, the competitive nature starts to take over and guys don't talk as freely. But certainly in the beginning, we were very free with information. Um, and we were all learning together. You yeah. know, we learned how to. Yeah, you know, Mike. Yeah. Mike became who he is today, and a lot of it started there, learning from me. Yeah. No. <laughs> I, no. He said that. Brian said that jokingly, but uh, but I, I mean, do you guys find that like I honestly did pick up on what these guys did, and and learn from it. You know, gave it my own spin. I, I remember I, when you won you won your boat on Lake Norman. Yeah. And you came back and you said, "Oh man, you know, you were catching them on a on a on a finesse fish." Finesse and a fish. Yeah. And, and I remember you referencing something you learned from Dave on your jig hook sets. And it was cool. It was like, you know, you're there, you're fishing in, yeah. in Denny Brower's boat or, or um, Guido Hibden's yep. boat. And, and here you're referencing something we're learning at the club level oh, yeah. on, on, you know, rod positioning and setting yeah, up. Yeah, and everybody and, had their own little thing. Like, Dave, Dave, you were honestly the first one with a jig, honestly, you know. Yeah. And, and I can remember, this is going to sound ridiculous, but I remember being... I want to say this was even before Top Rod. I remember being 15, 16 years old and looking at a jig and being like, "Come on, man! Yeah, that bass going to bite that thing? That. Get the fuck out! There's no way!" <laughs> yeah. But then you know, like you know, Dave was winning everything in the beginning or catching all the big ones every time on a jig, mm-hmm. and it starts you start to open up your eyes, and everybody had their own little thing, you know. So it was it was huge. I mean, I it shaped who I am today. You know, I think everyone told the truth and everyone. Gave the goods except Chris Delfonso was the only one that hit it, you know? And he was such a horrible liar, too. Oh, dude, he was a horrible face. liar. And I remember the extremes he yeah. would go through yeah. to hide what he was doing. Oh, yeah. He would put he, he would put lure wraps on. He would leave everything in his truck. He would drive by you with his rod underwater so you couldn't see the yeah, bait. Yeah, I mean, yeah. dude, like literally handicapping himself. To, to the point to where as long as you didn't know what he was doing. Yeah, like, he, he, he wouldn't even allow his his aerator and his live well to be on if there was a boat no. that might hear his aerator on. Yeah, because you'd know he'd had a fish. I mean, he was so paranoid. <laughs> Do you guys have any of this in 5 Alive? Dave does it. 
Uh, kick him out now because you're going to kick him out in six months anyway, dude. He's pre-kick him out. One of our opens for the last couple of years. He comes to a lot of our events. Yeah, no, Dave, he's, Dave covers all his baits. Yeah, all his Sankos are covered. Yeah. Five yeah. Oh, they're all Sankos, but they're all yep. covered. You know that. One Texas rig, one E2 wacky. You know the other great thing about the club toe is we. I, I love. I love the fact that like. Uh, like right now at the, the professional level, like an elite event or whatever, right? It's so cutthroat. But then, like when it's over, everybody sort of goes their own separate ways. You know, they're do, doing their own things for the most part. I like the camaraderie in the clubs, and we always we messed with each other for years. Oh my god, dude, we 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 messed. Oh, did god, you do that, humor. Pete, in Garden State? Like we le- legitimately tortured each other for years and years and years. <laughs> I we, was too naive. Man. We, I remember we would put we would put dead mud shad, you know, <laughs> dead dead gizzard shad in the live well. Let the guy pull off with it. Dave, what did you you had something? I can't remember, but there was a retaliation for Dave. This is the best one ever, where we all saved our broken plastic worms for the whole year. So the other seven eight guys, whatever it was at the time, imagine like half trash can bags full of broken plastics. And we all went to Dave's car that he left open for whatever reason. We opened his car and filled the entire car with broken plastic. <laughs> to the point where he opened the door and the shit's coming out of it. And you guys got me with snow that one time, too, in the blizzard. You filled the whole inside of my car with snow. <laughs> and I went creeping for you. He's at like 2 in the morning, and John McGraw's mom and during a blizzard was just wandering around like an apparition on the front lawn in Belmar, dude. Because he was the first one I was going to strike because he lived the closest. <laughs> what the hell was she doing out? Dude, I don't know, man. But, yeah, do you guys remember we were fishing, uh, fishing that Carnegie tournament? And I'd put, I'd wrote, I'd wrote something backwards on Brian's front bumper so that everyone he was tailgating got to read it. Like, I remember I, what it was. I bought, what, the, what was it? I don't remember. What, what tournament? Carnegie. It was, it was Carnegie Lake, and I put something. Oh, I know what it was. What? Ambiguously gay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> backwards. Yeah, so when people looked in every mirror like ambulance, you see ambulance like you would see because, you know, he's tailgating everybody, man. <laughs> it was them big white stickers you would get. Oh, man. This ambiguously gay. Some great moments. Is it, gi- is it giving you guys some ideas? Yeah. Yeah. No, we, we definitely got some pranksters. And Do you? You get, you get the baits under the gas cap on your antenna when you come in after a tournament. And oh, yeah. We go every year we go to Potomac River. We have, like, the whole club. We all stay at the Bell Alton. We, we're all out. The there. Cat Motel. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to Bell Alton, all the cats. Yeah. Appreciate you. So we're out there all drunk till 11, 12 o'clock at night before the tournament. <laughs> The one guy that got uh, Richard Danish was absolutely wasted this year. It was a- out of control. Yeah, he goes into bed. There was about 300 beers on top of his boat. We took the- all the big cones, lit them up on his power pole. Oh, he came out half hungover in the morning. Couldn't even like know what to think. It's like, <laughs> oh, man. It's great. It's great. You see, you see that at the club level, you know, and you don't. You kind of that goes away, you know. Yeah. Later. Well, I don't know. So many guys still. Ah, oh, they do. They caught Chris bit. Lane's boat on fire. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's definitely not camaraderie, though. Uh, what, Brian Carpenter, what do you got? What do you got scheming back here? I see something going on. Oh, okay. So we got look like have a montage being put together here. There's oh, Wayne. I see man. appearance Wayne? from Wayne. <laughs> Shout out to Wayne. Wayne was a five live member. They fired him. He was. Wayne's fired. How do you get fired? Uh, we had to let him go. I mean, we. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I mean, kind of just like Brian, you know, Brian had a little, little you, you know, Bri- no, Brian had, a, Brian had a soft spot for Wayne, and we, you know, we tried to do the right thing, give the guy an opportunity, and let let the guy guy be a part of the club, and we figured to keep him out of trouble, but he, he couldn't keep himself out of trouble. He just, we, we, had to, we had to pull a plug. <laughs> the, you had to pull the smoke detector off the wall. <laughs> yeah. Brian does, Brian does like to collect wayward souls, man. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. For sure. It's like a magnet. And just mention them all the time. I think that's why Brian and Eric get along so well. Yeah. <laughs> oh, damn, Eric. Yeah, he's over there laughing. He's ever he's living on Wayne's expense. Word. You know, Word. It's part of the joke. Word. Yeah, so anyhow, there's, there's uh, okay, reigning, reigning AOI uh, Tommy 2 Yeah. Looks good. Hey, Tommy. Yep. It's funny. There he is. He's with Tommy. Was, go. Tommy's Dude, on. What, this is you, through the years. Yeah, how did you uh, get into fishing? Take, take us through it. Through my father. All right, tell us more. Start right here as we're on this picture. Uh, Where are we right here? Dude, that hair is uh, rad. <laughs> I think I lived in Oakland then. Oakland? Yeah. Wow. Oakland. Oakland then. Yeah. I started striper fishing with my dad and then, you know, I just <laughs> could only fish on weekends with him because he worked and I got a little lake and started going fresh water and then I got him into fresh water. And yeah. That was it. I, I got, I got a good thing. Tommy story. When, when first oh. part. Tommy, <laughs> <laughs> smoke! I didn't know you were smoking when, that early. That's crazy. When, when did you run into the rough years, Tommy? <laughs> this is when you joined right the about gang. then. <laughs> He's like, I'll go get you a shine box. Like <laughs> <laughs> we fished a tournament on uh, Newton Creek. Uh, this is going back 10 years ago. One of the first times I fished with Tommy. and. You know, he's always got a game plan. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. I grew up on Newton Creek, and I used to catch 10-pounders on a popper and the whole, the whole nine. <laughs> so we're running up the lake, and we get up to Spillway, and we're fishing, we're fishing, we're fishing. And I see him looking up. I'm like, what are you looking at? And and he's telling me his whole childhood he spent fishing this lake. And, he, and he's looking over. He's like, that's actually the lake I used to fish. He's pouring into Oakland Lake. It wasn't even where we were fishing the tournament. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, you kidding me, dude? Oh, my God. <laughs> well, you could have walked the boat across the road and got over there. <laughs> I don't know if that's legal, but you could have done it. <laughs> that's awesome. Oh, that well, we got another photo here. Brian, what is that one? Oh, you were in the Marlboro Tom, Tommy's ad, too. First, Tommy's first sponsor. Damn, look at that. There he is. Pizzas. No, that's Marlboro's. Oh, is that Marlboro's? I can't see it. Oh, yeah. Save yeah. the miles. Oh, Save my God. I would say two-thirds of the IM questions to Five Alive has to do with Tommy and cigarettes. <laughs> and his shakes and everything else. I have so many guys in the club that smoke just as much as me, but I get my balls busted. Nobody <laughs> smokes just as much as you, cuz. Brian, how, a many guy told a story. <laughs> how many <laughs> cigarettes did you find in your boat, Brian? <laughs> I fished oh a derby God. with Tommy. And <laughs> These are great photos. <laughs> I awesome Tog. Right Tommy Tog Tooth. Keith yeah. Cowan made that picture. Tog-tooth. Tommy Tog Tooth. <laughs> <laughs> that's a nice Tog. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good one, Tommy. How, how that's a good Tog. That's definitely Keith made that picture. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> that's the best. Oh, man. Catch that one on the drop shot, too? Yep. That's outstanding. <laughs> Oh, Jesus. Guy. What was it? You asked me. I forget. How many cigarettes did you leave in your boat? Oh, that's my boat. Three, three, yeah, three packs that day, Tommy. It was a three-packer. Somebody, somebody said, if the bike is, if the bite's bad, 
I will burn through them. <laughs> and if I got a lot of people fishing in my area that are annoying me, the yeah. cigarettes come flying. <laughs> so if you ever try wanted... to smoke them out, yeah, smoke them out. <laughs> Some, somebody said they drove. Hey Tom, cigarettes. It's a Tom, good technique. Tom, someone said they drove to Florida with you, one of your fellow club members, and Johnny said they Valdez. counted seventy-six cigarettes. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Mike, he did, he did, so there's a, he's got, Valdez's got a private Facebook group and these guys are all in it. Valdez, so they took a, a ride to Florida. Tommy bought a boat down there and Valdez did a live, they drove straight through. He did a live uh, Facebook like update of every cigarette on that Facebook Oh group. my god. <laughs> 76. <Account> photo. <laughs> wow. It's a, long, it's a long ride. It is a long ride. It's a good hike down there. Everybody's sleeping. It's just me driving. Hey, Keep going. A lot of guys. A lot of guys. <laughs> and I just kept smoking. <laughs> smoking yeah. and coffee. Yeah. I got. I got to say, Tommy's voice, that that New York, North Jersey accent, that's got to be driving the yallers down south crazy. <laughs> I hope so. Uh, <laughs> I think they probably laugh at it. I like it. I like it. They impersonate us just like we do that's them. True. They do. A lot of a lot of the smokers would always credit their smoking. Don't listen to this, kids. As helping them slow down, be better. Oh, slow it, it, fisherman. It, Brian it Thrift. does help me. Yeah, it does help yeah. me. Like, Brian Thrift. It absolutely helps me sometimes. It helps you slow down. down. If you lose a fish or something, I gotta calm down, smoke a cigarette, drop some f bombs. <laughs> Maybe we should have a contest to see who right. can smoke more. Pete, I, I got an IM for you, Pete. I got it. <laughs> So Dave B's been chopping in all night on the IM, and he's he won't stop about you taking his quiet killers. He wants to know when he's going to get his quiet killers back. Does that make any sense to you? Yeah, it is. I stole his quiet killers, man. The uh, he <laughs> this is terrible. The uh, this is uh, this is Dave Brown. The uh, he gave me the baits. He bought a whole pack, like a case of them. six baits, eight baits. They're not cheap. And he said, "Could you tune those for me, please?" And I t- and I took them home from the event to tune them for them, and I've lost track of them. <laughs> you just never gave them back. They're, well, I ne- they're in my tackle box right now. <laughs> <laughs> I lost, completely lost. Wow. I feel so bad. I feel yeah. so bad. And they're not made anymore. They're not made anymore. No. What what what's what's the deal with that? I you know we just uh we just discontinued them for for the time being. Cool, cool. Uh, I want to change change topics a little bit. Talk to you guys. Um. You hold these tournaments. There's a lot of guys. That, you know, it's at the end of the day, it's fun. There's camaraderie, but it's still a tournament, right? And there's still rules, and you still have to, you know, have a certain level of, of fair playing field. Mm-hmm. First question: Like, where do you do you do you get the rules from other circuits? Do you emulate what Bass does or FLW, or how do you get your your rules and your format for your rules? I mean, we we try to, but we also tweak them to what works for our club. Right. But for, for general, it does follow bass, but there is a lot of things in our rule that we have tweaked over the years yep. because stuff where you're running into problems, there's a lot of rules that need clarification because they're just, the way they're written is right. not well explained. And, you know, there's a lot of black and white in some of You know, there's a lot of gray area, right. rather, in, right. in a lot of rules. Yeah. And that's where you kind of try to tweak them to, to what works you for just us. make stuff up right? yeah. Yeah. It, it, yeah is there anything <laughs> is there anything unique that in your rules that you guys do that other clubs or national circuits don't do well, like, a, co- like a late a, penalty yeah according to brian, according <laughs> to brian <laughs> so. but um i mean i'm not really 100 percent sure how it works when 
whatever trail you fish. Yeah. But, uh, we might find out shortly. Are you allowed nets? Yes. Yeah. Can you troll? No. no. Can you use live bait? No. Nope. Well, can you use the Alabama rig? Yes. Yes. You can. Okay. Yes, but you can't in bats, but you can use the Alabama rig in ours. Right. Is there a is there a uh, length restriction on rods? No. Nope. Wow. So you can show up with the surf rod, 14-footer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Pete, I might join the club. It's a great derby. You have openings. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Always wanted the noodle with the with a 14-foot rod. Um, well, I'm I, I'm glad because I I think with you guys having the biggest club in probably all the Northeast, giant uh, turnouts for your grassroots events, and you guys having to uphold rules. I mean, it's important, right? You know, with money now and yeah. and those 12 spots, 13 spots on the line, you have to have tournament rules. I couldn't think of a better person to have come on the show. In my opinion, probably the best tournament director ever. In the world, the one and only Bill Taylor from FLW joining us, Mr. Bill Taylor. Bill. Hey, man, that's quite the introduction. You wouldn't repeat that, would you? I definitely repeat it. I'll I'll, I'll, uh, go on the record as saying that, Bill. Happy Thanksgiving, by the way. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Happy Thanksgiving to you guys. And uh, I'm out in West Kansas right now doing some deer hunting. So I've been in a... Been in a driving mode for the last few days, and uh, went to West Texas, and then drove back to Kentucky, and now I'm back to West Kansas. So, about 3,500 miles here in the last little bit. So, I'm a road warrior. I like it. I like it, Bill. We've been talking tonight about grassroots fishing, about club level fishing. I think uh, you guys, the FLW organization, has more experience than any other organization with with those guys. Um, you want to talk just a little bit about Bill about the importance of of club fishing and, and grassroots fishing? Sure. Uh, yeah. Uh, obviously, as most people did, including you, Mike Iaconelli, uh, we all started in the local club. And so, uh, with that being said, we had our little rules. And when we made our rules in 1974 in our little club that we started in Danville, Kentucky. Uh, we took a copy of the BASS rules, and as uh, most clubs did at that point in time, and uh, we tweaked them to suit our, our needs and basically our anglers and uh, our members. And so uh, uh, everybody needs a set of rules to go by, especially when there's uh, competition and trophies and sometimes money on the line. You've got to have rules. you got to enforce them. That's right. That's right. Well, I, Bill, I couldn't think of a better person than you, we have a rules dispute that we would like to review with you tonight, and we have we have we have our very own producer of the show, Brian the Carpenter, the plaintiff, the plaintiff, yeah. uh, in this case, and uh, we have uh, five alive bassmasters who who put this levy on his on his weight. Brian, you wanted to, you want to set up the scenario for Bill, and then Bill, we want to let you hear the scenario. And then we would like to get your official ruling on what the right thing to do would be in this situation. Brian, go uh, ahead. Well, and sure, I'll, I'll, I'll come at it from my point, and then I'll give Tim a chance to <laughs> to give to, to logic around his his uh, rule, and then and then we'll let Bill make his decision. Basically, we fished a five alive event two weeks ago. Um, 
Outfished Pete, which was, you know, a win in itself. <laughs> well, Thank you. you know, as I saw the printout, you were about two pounds behind me. <laughs> due, due to the late penalty, yes. Correct, correct, correct. I'm but everyone sure knows. Pete so. beat you with or without the penalty. Uh, I, 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 so what happened here, Brian? The, the ladies know who really had we the We got weight. distracted. Okay. Um, <laughs> so we came in at 3.01 on the clock. The iPhones are right. They're all dialed by the moon, the stars, the sun. And we got hit with a two-minute, two-pound penalty at 3.01. Oh, okay. So, so your but, but your argument no discrep- is there's no dis- uh, discrepancy around the time. Yeah, they agree it was 3:01. Right. Okay. So there your you argument is you came one, in at 3:01. We're one minute late. You should have been induced a one minute That's penalty. Yep. Okay. Yep. You want to take it? All right. Yeah. So basically, I, I, and a lot of our club tournaments too. You got to remember, we're we're fishing lake. Everyone's at the ramp, still fishing at the buzzer. We our tournament ends at three o'clock. So anyone fishing there after three o'clock is now late. So you're getting a one-pound penalty, whether it's 3 o'clock at 10 seconds, 20 seconds, 30 seconds, you're getting a one-pound penalty. Okay. When it turns 3.01 now, now you're into two pounds, and when it turns 3.02, you're into three pounds. So you got a minute interval at each pound penalty. Gotcha. Our tournament is over at 3 o'clock. You're not in at 3, you already got a penalty. Okay. Now at 3.01, you're into two-minute two, two minute penalty. Okay, good argument. And Bill? My I, 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 I yeah, back? Yes, you who, may. Who has the clock with the seconds on it? So so okay so is if it turns if three o'clock now it's three o'clock in one second correct okay so if it hits three you're late yes okay. if you're not right. it, I got you I like got you. in the morning we say you got to be at the dock by three o'clock okay you weren't at the at three o'clock so that's one one pound yep, yep. you weren't at three o one it turned three o one now you're into the two pound penalty I got you okay all right Bill we'd like to get your official ruling on this scenario. <laughs> Wow, that's a that's a different rule than what most uh Wow. I don't know how you could be uh, penalized uh for two two minutes or two pounds for being one minute late if you're getting a pound a minute. However, now before we go any farther I wanna make sure that everybody realizes that any rule has to be enforced as that rule is written. Okay? And I'll say that, meaning that you can't enforce a rule if you don't have a rule. Yeah. Okay. So basically what you have to do is is you have to look at that rule. Even though the intention of the rule doesn't say exactly what it says in the rule, you've got to go with what the uh, rule says. If your rule is written, it says uh, you're late after 3 o'clock. And you be penalized one pound. What does it say then uh, for the uh, two minute? Does it say that after uh, a minute late you'll get another pound penalty? Is that what the rule says? Yeah, in our rules it is worded exactly like I just explained it. But you bring up a good point because. Anytime you fish an open buddy tournament or any club off tournament, nobody's asking for a set of rules. Nobody's actually reading through your club's particular rules. I, I fished an open buddy tournament a few years ago, and I got DQ'd. I was wearing a life jacket, but in their club rules, which I would have had to ask for them or look on their website, you couldn't wear an inflatable one. It had to be a regular full-service thing, and nobody told me nothing. They just came in, and like, you're DQ'd, you know, and... Right. I took my yep. DQ and it was what it was. I, you know, oh, I didn't look crap. into it. And, yeah, that, and club, no, that club can you, go away. You, 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 took, you, you <laughs> took your DQ like a man. Yeah. You didn't uh, whine. Right, right. yeah. 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 I didn't cry about it. I got you. By the way, you almost had a penalty tonight. All right, so to clarify, you have a set of written rules. Exactly in our rules like that. Because we've had people you know, fishing at the buzzer. And that's... 
That's why it was written like so, that. Yeah. So what? I, I mean, to avoid confusion, well, me, we, we let could. Me, let me uh, uh, say just a few things about this particular rule, okay? I get calls all the time, guys, from my clubs, from other tournament organizations, uh, wanting to uh, know how I would interpret a rule in a certain situation. Okay, it's each competitor's responsibility to know the rules, okay? And the tournament director should go over those immediate rules to their um, anglers before uh, each event, whether it's the morning before, the evening before, or whatever, okay? Now, we, and I encourage every organization to pretty much follow the same rules that other tournament organizations utilize when it comes to wearing your PFDs, uh, on how to measure the fish, uh, those simple rules that we've all got. So whenever I fish, let's just say if I fish a, uh, a fisherman a man event, then I would think, okay, they measure the fish the same as we do at FLW and the BFL or the Costa or the Tour. Uh, they uh, also uh, count the dead weight penalty the same. Uh, they count the late penalties, <coughs> excuse me, the late penalties, uh, the same way. And most organizations give you 59 seconds, uh, before you're counted a minute late. Because you're not a minute late, your, your, uh, minute would be 301. And two pound penalty for being two minutes would be 302. At every organization that I've ever fished in. And I encourage, uh, grassroots organizations to write those rules so that whenever a person fishes a different tournament, uh, they're more familiar with how the rules should read and how everybody does it. And that way there'll be fewer questions at the end of the day. And that's what we don't want to have to do. We don't want to have to uh, penalize someone or disqualify someone for a technicality. Timmy does. Uh, but uh, bottom line is I think Brian is probably guilty. It's official, Brian. Uh, rules when, when rule's a rule. Just when Bill Taylor down. says you're you're guilty, wow. you're guilty. And that's all I have to say about it. There you have it, folks. Uh, I, I, I have a question. I, it's not, it isn't easy uh, to have to penalize someone. I don't care if it's a club event. I don't care whether it's just an open tournament, a jackpot tournament. I don't care what it is. When you have to disqualify someone or uh, penalize them for any rule violation, it isn't easy. But it has to be done if there's a rule violation the way that rule's written. But should they smile when they hand you the I'm sorry, Brian. <laughs> Brian, sorry. Yeah. I, but should they be smiling when they when they're handing you that pen? <laughs> <laughs> the, the, I don't think the tournament director should show any emotion. No emotion. <laughs> no emotion. That's right. The rule's the rule. Bill, I, I uh, can't thank you enough for carving out some time from, from hunting well, to give us the official fine. ruling. It's so so special <laughs> to have you deliver that tonight. Well, first off, I want everybody out there to know now, this is the real Bill Taylor. It is this the real Bill, Bill, yes. <laughs> yes, this it is, is the real Bill Taylor. This is the real deal. <laughs> That's right. So, That's right. Not, not one of the hey, I'm, I'm glad you had me on, guys. And anytime, feel free to give me a call. Uh, you know, I can cut up with you. Or I can get serious. And this is serious. A real violation is serious. So, uh, <laughs> I agree. Regardless. I'd agree. I would. Uh, and, 
And, and I believe probably Mike Iaconelli's been penalized. <laughs> I don't want to comment on that right now, Bill. But <laughs> now, Pete, I don't think Pete Luzik, I don't know of any rule violation he's ever been involved under. So Never. You know, it, hey, Pete made I mean, it in on time that day. I mean, <laughs> hey, five alive consider eliminating Brian from ever being able to compete <laughs> might in their to. tournaments in the future? Uh, I don't think he's been completely disqualified. He was just penalized. That's right. Now, if he's been disqualified, that's one thing. That's right. Well, well, hey, that brings up a good point. I'm glad you said that. <laughs> we get calls all the time from other tournament organizations. They say, well, how come you let this guy fish? He was disqualified from our tournament. Well, your rules may be different, and we see things different. Uh, a disqualification doesn't mean that that person uh, blatantly cheated or did something that was uh, against the integrity of the sport. So we have to look at how the rule is written, what that person did, uh, before we would ban that person. Yeah. If there's no integrity involved there as far as uh, a rule violation and he's disqualified, that's one thing. Being banned for an event for downright cheating, that's another thing. So uh, uh, let's make sure everybody out there knows that there's a difference in so, just being disqualified so, from the tournament. So, so there's many ways you could be disqualified. So did Brian cheat? No, not at all. No. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and I guarantee you, Mike, and you'll, you'll agree with me 100% here, that 99% of all rule violations are not intentional. I'd agree with that. I'd, I'd, I'd say 99.9% are not. That's exactly, you're exactly right. Yes. The integrity of these guys, I don't care what level it is. I fished a tournament last weekend, Lake Cumberland, uh, 124 boats, and I would trust everybody that fished that event. Yeah. And and we have to because as tournament fishermen, um, we're a bunch of good guys, Mike, and I, I think you'll agree with me. Yeah, Dave, you I got agree. Dave Brozick, do you have something coming through the IM? We do. Uh, Bill, uh, Duke Lunkins wants to know, is it true <laughs> that deep, hidden inside the FLW rulebook, Scott Martin is exempt from late penalties? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's not correct. Scott Martin's exempt from all rule violations. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We knew well, it. I knew it. <laughs> And listen, you tell Mr. Luke Duncan to give me a call. Oh, man. I'll tell you what, I'll tell you, I, I want to brag on Luke Duncan. I, I'll tell you, he's, uh, he's the top of his game, dude, and I, and I respect him with, with all my heart. I, I love him like a brother. But I tell you what, he needs he needs to be brought up every now and then. He's got to stand together. I wouldn't argue with you on that one, uh, Bill. Th- thank you for joining us again. And before I no, let you go, my pleasure, I- my pleasure. And listen, good luck for next season to everyone out there listening. Uh, I know we got a lot going on in the sport. Uh, FLW is on fire. We signed 170 angles. Yes, uh, that field of yes. and took over 200. Took over 200 entries. And going forward, we'll reduce that field in 2020 to uh, to a, a minimum of 150 or maximum of 150. So uh, we're rolling, guys, and we appreciate it. And you guys have a great uh, holiday coming up. And uh, if you need anything, give me a call. Hear me? You too. Yeah, you we, we appreciate you, Bill. it, Bill. Thank awesome. you. My pleasure. Thank you. Happy right. holidays. Thank you, Bill. Bill Taylor, everybody. That was nice. That's awesome. The expert coming on to, <laughs> to rule in favor. Yeah. I don't know, but I don't know. Take it easy.
He's called it like it was. It's a crazy rule. Yeah. Obviously, I, I was in violation, yeah. but it's a crazy rule. But why is it crazy, though? I don't mean well, seriously. I've got to be honest with you. i got to be honest with you. In the same scenario, I would have, you know, I would have been late. I would have been late as well. No, because I wouldn't have read the rules. I fished in many of your events. I don't read the rules. And I can't tell you how many times I've come in at 3.58 with 58 seconds or 50 seconds. In Bass and FLW, you're not penalized till it hits one. So yeah. I, yeah. I may have done the same thing. Which, yeah. hey, it might be something that we we do change to to, to go with the way everyone's doing. There it. you but go. It, it, Progress, it's, it's everybody. Just... <laughs> Progress. But, See that everybody's getting I mean, We don't we don't like giving penalties anymore. I mean, yeah. we don't. It, it's a tough thing, but you got to do it. it <laughs> a, a few years ago, one of our uh, opens at Manuswan, we had somebody protest another guy for for life jacket violence. You got to wear your I life jacket that. there. Yeah. There was pictures of it. Everything. Oh, so. Yeah. We had to DQ the guys. They yeah. blasted us all up and down the internet. We had no choice. We yeah. it was in our rules. It's in the it's a lake rules. There's pictures of it. We yeah. had to DQ them. Maybe they had the fanny pack on under their shirt. No, they had nothing. They had no, no, shirt, no shirt on. No shirt. Maybe that hair gut out. was, was the go. fanny but, pack. Anthony Torrell. But the funny thing is, it was under his chest hair. You didn't see it. After going online and bashing us and we're the worst club ever and all this stuff, well, he realized we did the right thing. We're a good group of guys. He said member of our club now so, wow you know, how about that yeah so i mean it 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 sucks when you're in that situation yeah. you got to give a penalty but you got to yeah. do what you got to nah, do you guys hey. you guys run a really good show over there honestly and that's why you're here tonight you know you, you know what you're doing speaks for itself your classic yeah. your 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 club membership top rod we couldn't get 20 members without everybody wanting to fight each other at yeah. some point so hey like tim I said it, it's impressive and that's why you're here yeah. Tim, as the uh, as a former tournament director myself and the original tournament director of Top Rod, <laughs> I have Here to I have to a concur with your choice to penalize them and <laughs> concur not only with the penalty itself but the time frame in which you implemented it. You're absolutely right that because it could be it could be one minute after and 59 seconds. That's basically two minutes. I agree with the penalty. If you step on a scale at a weigh in and you're and you're 1.8, you're 1.8, man. You're not one. Okay. Good job. I would have DQ'd him. Go ahead, Bri. Turn his mic off. He probably should. He, he probably should have been DQ'd for insubordination because I know how he would have acted. Because I, I did. I did it myself. I DQ'd him and insubordinated him. No, no, no. I late penalty. Well, they should have been DQ'd before yeah. they even launched. No, I had to get. You can't have drugs, drugs or alcohol in the boat. That is what DQ'd him right there. I had to give him a 15 minute late penalty. Remember that one time? Oh, I had a bag too. Yeah. And Good the job, fact Tim. where they fished. They walked in there because Whoa. the tide was so low. Oh. oh. So, 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 hey, real quick, talking about the Delaware. Yeah. So that morning, we had a we had an effed up tide. Pete, you fished yes. the event. Blowout tide. Mike Centaur made made an observation that morning that I thought was really interesting. We're talking about tidal fishing. So we're all sitting there ready to head out, <clears throat> looking at the tide charts. I know where I'm going, and it's tide dependent. Yeah, you know the deal. Yeah. it blows out. You know, you've got it. You can you only can't get, get in there. Yeah. You can only get in yeah. and out when the water's up. Um, so he points to the water line on the wall where where it's wet, and where the high tide had gotten to, and three foot above that was where the high tide goes to. Mm. Okay, so the tide never came in that night. Right, because the wind blew all night long against the tide coming in. Right, wind blew downriver. So the tide never came up. So we were way low to begin with. But You didn't use that gauge? At the, remember that barge out front where I used to have the rocks that told you what level? Like if the rocks, oh the yeah, water level. Yeah, we turned around and fished till noon. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, there's people two two dudes sat in the mud for till noon. Yeah, okay. Yeah. But but it was interesting, like seeing that like the tide never came up that yeah. morning. Looking at where the where the high tide had gotten to. Mm-hmm. So there's the fresh wet line. Here's where it's at now, and there's where it goes. Yeah, yeah. So it's it three foot from where it ever wow. really gets to. Yep, it's crazy. That was a neat observation. Yeah, yeah, it, it was super low, and uh, yep. you know we every place I went, you know, it's like okay. stuff was sticking yeah. out of the water. You know, fish had changed. They they were biting really good uh, in, in a lot of the areas, and they didn't bite quite as good in, in that extreme blowout. And, and you know, Brian, in addition to his disqualification, he continued to, <laughs> continually hindered me with phone calls to try to distract me. During the day? During the day. Wow. So that he could catch up. That's got to yeah. be something in the rules about that, right? No, like, like, phone call rule. <laughs> <laughs> no we, no had, was, we had we had boat issues. He had boat issues. Oh, okay. they, they were they were getting get water pressure, fuel there. I was worried that you guys weren't going to make it back in at all. Broke the troll motor handle because he didn't have a G-force troll motor handle. And then you got to have a G-force. <laughs> but now he does. Now, and now does. we won't have that problem. Now hey, I got a I got a question for the five alive guys. Union Hog 147 wants to know who is your most hated member? This guy right here. Yeah. <laughs> he, he he's the one that uh everybody doesn't want to see win, but yeah. he, but, he's, but he's constantly winning. But talk about that, Tom. He, <laughs> just haters. Haters. They're all haters. haters. Tell us about it, Tommy. They're just haters, bro. <laughs> so so when you join Five Alive, you'll get to know Tommy really quick. When when you join. And you start doing well. The first thing he's going to do is try to break you down to the ground. He's going to try to make you quit. He's going to make you hate him. He's going to talk trash to you. And you're just going to straight up hate him. But then if you continue to do well, then you get on the phone call list. And you just climb and climb and climb. <laughs> and if you win a couple tournaments, he'll be calling you telling what what he had for dinner. What, what you know, <laughs> He'll tell you every detail oh, of his man. life. He's one of them. So you'll get to know him really well quickly when you when you join Five Live. <laughs> So you're the top dog at Five Alive. Like, top Angler top. of the Year, two this year, year two years in a row. Two years in a row. Outstanding. Consistency, Pete. Yep. Got to be consistent. And, and it is you a very, be. very competitive club. We've got guys that that just absolutely dominated the club they came from, and they come in, and they're just struggling to, to, to keep up because there's a lot of good fishermen in our club. It's just, yeah, you know, there's a lot of good sticks. Yeah. yeah. So do you engage in, like, disinformation? To lead the guys astray. <laughs> oh yeah, to keep, to keep <laughs> your top spot. <laughs> he tells you where everyone else is catching him in practice. Send everybody. Yeah, send them all over there. <laughs> Biting down way. by the dam in the clear water. Yeah. Meanwhile, up in the river cranking. <laughs> uh, yeah, I love it. I love it too. Uh, Brian DeCarver, let's do this. Let's take a break in a second. Come back. Oh, we got what? What do you got? We got a hot call on the phone. Oh, a hot call. We got a lead. Okay. Hit it. A uh, caller, what's your name? Where are you calling from? My name is Corey Smith. I'm calling from Orlando, Florida. Hi, Corey. What's your question and comment tonight? So my comment is, you guys asked the guys from Five Live here. Uh, I, I know I know you. What's so, up, Corey? Give me <laughs> I see you giving me the hands on that. So I was out fishing a fall tournament with you, uh, Mike. And... I remember because I fished the college series. I met you a couple times, you know, and, and I'm sure you remember me out of all the people you met. But I'm fishing the tournament, and I'm fishing with a guy that I sort of knew. And all of a sudden, I hear this like screaming, like this guy's going nuts out there in this fall tournament on the Delaware River with the Five Live Bassmasters. 
And I turn around and I look, I look around the corner. Who is it? It's you, Mike. It's me. It's you. And you're going crazy. And I just looked at the guy I was fishing with and I go, do you believe that? And he goes, uh, he goes, yeah, that, that guy's going crazy. What the hell is wrong with him? I go, that guy's my hero. That's that awesome. guy is my freaking hero because whether it's for a hundred thousand dollars or what, what are you guys fishing for now? Looks like twenty five grand. Is that, is that what the, <laughs> yeah, something like that? But it's like that guy's going crazy, and I think he's going to win like a hundred and twenty five dollars if he wins this thing. Yeah. Right? But he's going crazy, and yeah. I said, you know what? That's 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 my hero right there. That's that's it's like a it's like a knee jerk reaction. It's like you hit Mike Piccinelli in the knee. What happens? He goes crazy. I I, I, tell you, I, I love I love that story and it, it's honestly true. I just got to fish a winter league with Eric the intern on Sunday, and there was e what do we have nine boats, yeah. nine boats is all we had. And dude, I I mean, it, you know, we're all competitive. You want to win every time you go out there, and it's, dude, the, the feeling isn't different at all, Pete. Whether it's the classic, or an elite, or a major league fishing, or a five alive mm-hmm. event. Or freaking nine boats on sunset, dude. You want to win, man. You right. know when I caught that three pounder at sunset, I knew, man. I knew on that place. That's like catching a ten pounder. Did you capture any of that content? Eh? That's the thing. There was no time for that. No time. We had, we had to win the tournament. We had to win the tournament. That's all that mattered. <laughs> but uh, it, it, but it is it is the beauty of club fishing, and I'm and I'm so glad you you called in with that comment, which is. For a lot of people listening right now, a lot of people are going to listen to this podcast down the road, and you want to have that feeling, you know, that feeling of, of that excitement and, the and you know, you're in a tournament and there's there are these ups and downs and that moment where you catch that fish. Dude, you can do that at a club tournament. It's the same thing as in the classic. Absolutely. And that's the beauty of grassroots fishing and club fishing is that anybody can partake in that. Yep. So. That's awesome, awesome comment. I appreciate that call. And that was Mike. That was before you won the, the big event on the Delaware. By the way, that's before. The uh, that was that way was, back in the day. Where, was, where were we fishing? What part of the river? I, I can't even remember the, the the name of the place because I, since I moved to Florida, we had a slightly larger bass down here. <laughs> oh, this guy! This guy! Yes, that's yeah. true. You do. But but I will say this: I've got a question, Tim. You can hear me, right? Yes. Okay, I've, I've got a question for you, and this is going to challenge the Five Lives Bassmaster uh, rule book. Oh, okay. okay. Let's get Bill Taylor well, back on. <laughs> I, I was fishing with, with Jim Carwick. I'm allowed to say names, right? Yeah, I don't care. J- I just Jim's in our anyway. club now. <clears throat> so I was fishing with him, and he's like, okay, I got I got the secret spot. It was in the same cove. And he goes, we're going to run a crankbait down this cove, right? And we're going to catch we're gonna catch some fish off it. So we go there and we're fishing, and I'm like, this guy's this guy's got the sweet spot, you know, something's gonna be good here. And he goes, oh, oh, here it is, here it is. And he casts out there and he catches one like instantly, right? Okay, that's not the moral of the story. Oh yeah, it is. We get kind of blown up into this cold. <laughs> what is, what is he fishing? Well, at the time, I thought it was just trash, but I think I think Jim planted this here, Tim. Ooh. It was a shopping cart oh it was a shopping cart and i swear jim planted that shopping cart there legal or not so is, legal? That, is that against your rules no you could absolutely plant your own shopping no we, we've 
We plant stuff. Plant anything you want. <laughs> yeah, it's, it might be against like Christmas state trees. rules, and yeah, littering the rules. State regulations will. Does that Trump? There. Does yeah? Does the state regulation Trump? Well, most all. Just to clarify, though, anything you do as far as planting, that would not be done during the tournament hours. So that wouldn't even pertain to the tournament. We don't have a, a, a restriction on what you can and cannot do. We're, we can't tell you you can't litter when you're not fishing. Like what you do on Good your call, own time buddy. is kind of another is a whole other. Good interpretation. Uh, set of rules to get into. Yep. Call Tim. Yeah, that well, is a good call. It, it, I'm pretty sure it had a bratwurst in it, so I think he, I think he may have <laughs> forgotten to take his groceries right out of there. <laughs> Brodzik might have planted it then if it had a bratwurst. Throwing the bait in. in the shopping cart. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Awesome. Thank you for the call, man. I appreciate it. Thank you, guys. You take care. Good night. All right, All right bye. Yeah, we're gonna entitled Florida anglers. <laughs> yeah, sons of bitches. Ba- Bash U's gonna be down in Florida in a couple weeks. That's right. Land yeah. Very excited yeah, about that, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why do we live here, guys? <laughs> Seriously, Mike, Pete, Brian, why do we live at the Five Live guys? Are, why do we live in this state? Why don't we live in Florida? Because the For people, the, are, the people are so friendly. Accommodating. <laughs> <laughs> why? 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 How yeah. did you leave? <laughs> you know, from a fishing, if, if if all you did in life was fish. You'd probably not live here. Uh, well, that's all you do. No, that's not true. <laughs> Get out of here. Food's good. Yeah, food's good. People can take a joke. Yeah, people can take a joke. You got family, you got friends, yep. you got cities within the drive all around you. Things that happen in the world happen here first. Yeah. They are all on like Xanax down there. Nobody laughs at our humor. <laughs> they hate us. <laughs> they do kind of hate us. Even like you know, no one's really from Florida. Everyone's from everywhere, and they sure. don't like us from everywhere. Yeah, but I, I honestly, what you said, I like, I was just at Grand Cayman last week, and it does run through your mind, right? Because it's seventy to eighty degrees all year round, dude. The fishing is insane anywhere you go, for a million different species. Yeah, you know, it's like things are expensive, but besides that, it's like God, why? You know, you imagine living in a place like that. How come there's no world powers in paradise? Don't Any know. place that has really beautiful, amazing conditions, yeah, they invent nothing. No, all well, they're, white, they're comes, wiped out every ten to twenty years. All the inventions years. come from places with a harsh environment. That's all, true. All, yeah, all, everything. They get That's soft. True. Think about it. They get soft. They get soft. Yeah, it's like ten. the Quiet Killer came from Pete's anus. Right. Now it's silent. <laughs> Break time. And Break time. <laughs> All right. So good uh, pausing point. Listen to me. Thank you for watching tonight. But listen, Pete, we got one more segment. Yeah. When we come back, guys, will you stick around with us for yeah, one more? Hell yeah. Really All right. We're going to have a whole other segment. When we come yeah. back, listen to this. We're going to be talking about the line cutters contest. And someone either in this room or someone at line cutters, Vance or, or one of those guys, it's going to be eating human hair tonight. You're going to get to see that. Also, I hope it's Brian too. Also, we're going to be doing an MTB unboxing, and we're going to be talking about a TH Trolley Motor product of the month, Pete. All that when we come back. More Ike Live in a little bit. Awesome. Uh, real snot. Been out on this pond for about an hour now. Uh, haven't had a whole lot of luck. We've had a couple blow-ups, but not getting a lot. 
So we thought we would try the new Java product uh, on this frog on the top water. Uh, it works great on jigs and other plastics, but we've noticed that when we do use it on top water, we get a trail in the water, the scent's in the water, and we're getting a lot more bites. So we're gonna spray some Java uh, all over the frog. Apply from reel knot to the raid, get it nice and wet, and then as I reel it in, it's gonna work its way through it. Okay, so now we got that scent in the water, and then we got the frog all juiced up with some real snot, Java. Let's see what happens here. There's one. There's one. So as you can see, that scent got around in this little area, this little pocket we're fishing, and sure enough, one came up and nailed it. Small one, albeit, but hadn't caught anything since we've been here for about an hour, hour and ten minutes now. There's one. That's a good one, too. That's a good one. Much better. Good little guy. Threw my frog. Man, they love this stuff. Right through the nose. This time of year, I definitely recommend putting a little bit of this on your soft plastics, too. There he is. Another one. Next cast. And that would be number six. I'm addicted. I'll admit it. I'm I'm straight addicted. This might be bigger. You think so? Yeah. Mayhem on your crappy jig, and look where the stripers get it. You can't even see it, man. That might be a keeper. Four and a half inch drop shot worm, Bama bug. Finesse jig, PB and J, give me something hard. Hey, KVD here. Now, I didn't always know this much about fishing. Three aught, no, four aught EWG worm hook. In fact, there was a time when I couldn't tell the difference between a jerkbait and a stickbait. But then I signed up for Mystery Tackle Box, the original monthly tackle subscription. And now I know more about fishing than I do about Calculus. And he knows a lot about Calculus. Plus, I get amazing extras like free fishing magazines. October 2016, featured article, Four Places to Throw a Frog, exclusive decals, <coughs> zombie bass, and how-to videos for all the great baits I receive. How to tune a crankbait. Is that underwater footage I smell? I got goosebumps. So if you're looking to develop enhanced fishing abilities like me, or you just like getting new tackle every month, go to mysterytacklebox.com and get your box today. Ooh, live minnows.